Hi, everyone. I am Emily Landers, and this is How'd She Do That? A podcast answering that question each episode. I am so happy that you guys are tuning in today. Thank you for letting me be a part of your day today. I also wanted to share a quick thank you to all of the friends who have left a review on iTunes. That is a great way for people to find us. And of course, the hope behind How'd She Do That is that many listeners will be able to hear different stories of women who have done something that they would like to do and that they can take the steps in their lives and careers to move forward in that trajectory. So again, thank you all for getting the word out. I know you're going to enjoy my conversation with my new friend, Leah Ashley. Leah talks about her passion behind vintage, interior design, thrifting, and also shares more about her time in Los Angeles as a student at FITM and a hosting gig on ABC's hit show Fab Life. We will get into all of it, but I do want to say that after following online for some time now, it was so refreshing to talk with her today and just can reiterate something that she says in the podcast. She talks about being genuine, especially in collaborations and with people who trust what you're doing. And I love that Leah is the same person that I've seen on television, on her Instagram, and then today on a call with her. She is the real deal. If I wasn't a huge fan before, I'm a massive one now. So Leah also talks about in life and in your career, the power of saying yes, saying yes, and moving forward to see where that yes takes you. You never know what might come of that yes. So Leah, I can't thank you enough for saying yes to coming on this podcast and sharing your story. Without further ado, here is Leah Ashley on How'd She Do That? Today's guest is one I often turn to for inspiration in all areas of life. From interior decor, personal style, to hosting, she never lets me down. Leah Ashley is an interior stylist, DIY and vintage decor expert who gained national attention for her role as a co-host on the ABC daytime talk show Fab Life. Leah has been featured on such media platforms as ABC, CBS, HGTV, and many more, but we'd be here all day if I listed all of them. When she isn't hosting, thrifting for her vintage store, Finn Trading Co., or thinking of more incredible ways to help us style our space, she's likely hanging out with her handsome family, which includes her easy-on-the-eyes husband and two darling boys. It is my great pleasure to welcome Leah Ashley to How'd She Do That? Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I need to have you around all the time, Emily. Whenever I'm feeling like down about myself, I'm just going to call Emily. That was very fantastic. You made me sound so so much cooler than I really am. No, no, no. I I definitely can attest that you are the coolest and everything in the above is true. Do you ever look back on some of the things I just said and think, did that really happen? Because that's quite a resume. Yeah. As you were saying that, I'm like, wow. Like, like I do. That That is... It, it does sound kind of like, wow, how did I do that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'm eager to find out. And I, again, I just want to thank you so much for coming on. This is so much fun. I was thinking back earlier today and I was thinking, when did I, when, when did I find Leah? How was I introduced to you? I think my first memory thinking, okay, love this girl was when I saw an anniversary gift from your husband that I want to say was some type of vintage earring. Is this oh, right? Oh, yeah. It, yes. It was actually Chanel earrings. Yeah. Okay. Chanel, I thought it was Chanel. Chanel. Yes, yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So it's just been so fun to see your life unfold, not only on TV, but on social and all of the different things that you have going on. So I'm eager to just dive in. This is Let's so go. exciting. Let's dive right into the deep end. I'm, I'm an open book. That's one thing about me. I'll tell you whatever you want to know. <laughs> Well, that's the best kind of that's the best kind of interview and so I am pumped. Now, you are like I said living in Austin, Texas and that's where you're from originally. Is that where you went to school? What did that kind of look like for you? What was your major? And then we'll dive into kind of what were the steps after that. Yeah, absolutely. So, I am originally from Austin, Texas. My whole family is here. Um dad, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, you name it. 
Um, but my mom and I moved to Cabo San Lucas, Mexico oh. uh, when, I, when I was nine years old. Actually, a lot of people don't know that about me. Okay, so, wow. What was the move? Why was the move to Cabo? We went on vacation and my mom got a job selling timeshare and we never came back. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. So um, we lived there for six years. My sister was born down there, actually. And then uh-huh. from there, we went to Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, also super random. It's a very, very long story. I love um, it, though. Yeah, it's super random. But um, we ended up in Martha's Vineyard. And you know, moving from Texas to, to Mexico, those were like both very warm climates. Right. So by the time I had gotten to Martha's Vineyard, I was getting ready to go into high school. And I was like, I hate the snow. Right. And like it was completely different culture. And I just didn't feel like I really fit in on the East Coast. So I figured out how to graduate high school in three years. Oh my gosh. Basically hated it so much that I decided I was going to kind of graduate in three years and move to San Diego on my own at 17. What was the thought? What was the draw to San Diego and the thought behind that move? So a lot of my friends, yeah, I know it was crazy. So a lot of my friends from Mexico, we, we left Mexico when I was 14 years old. So, Mm -hmm. um, I had a boyfriend at the time. He was like my first love. And a lot of my friends ended up moving from Cabo, uh, up to San Diego. So while I was, you know, on the East coast, a lot of my friends were, were in San Diego kind of ending up in San Diego. So I wanted to meet them in San Diego and my boyfriend was there. So I, I don't know how or why my parents let me go, but they did. That's and wild. yeah. And I ended up in San Diego at 17 and I couldn't, I remember I couldn't even open a bank account without my boyfriend's, um, signature on it because I right. wasn't an adult. And so in San Diego, what you, I mean, you're 17. Did you, you took a role there? You took a job. What did you get into at that point? Yeah. So I kind of felt like I had this flex year um, because I had taken a year off. So I was like, what do I really want to do? I got into some like commercials and like Um, modeling down there. Okay. Kind of dipped my toe. It was like my first sort of dipping of the toe into the uh, entertainment industry. I was living in San Diego, but I would drive up to LA every once in a while for castings, silly things like that. So um, it was kind of time, you know, I was kind of just kind of floating really in San Diego, trying to figure out like what I wanted to do with the rest of my life, which who right. knows what you want to do at, with your life at 17. Like nobody exactly. really knows. No, not So at I all. was trying to figure it out. And about a year after I'd been there, my parents started kind of harassing me like, okay, like it's time to go to college. Like you, it's time to, to, to find a path, pick a path. So I decided to go to um, the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising, FITM in, oh, um, wow, Los, yes. in Los Angeles. Have you heard of it? I have. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, because I had, you know, kind of going up back and forth to Los Angeles doing castings and because I was kind of in the fashion world and entertainment world with, with some of the modeling stuff I was doing, it was, seemed like kind of an easy fit. And I was like, all right, fine. Well, if you want me to go to college, I guess I'll go for fashion design. Like it wasn't really something I was super passionate about, but there was like literally nothing else that, that I was really drawn to. Yeah. I just really, just really wanted to get to LA and kind of be in the, like the entertainment scene and be an actress. Yes. Okay. So the original thought was maybe <laughs> acting. That's sure. so fun. And so yeah. at FITM, that would give you the flexibility to continue auditioning. Is that kind of something that was a theme for you in school? Absolutely. So I got a job as a hostess at a restaurant because, okay. you know, working in the restaurant industry, you can be flexible. And it feels like everyone in Los Angeles works in the restaurant industry so that they can have oh, time absolutely. to go to auditions. And um, when I wasn't auditioning or working at the restaurant or going to school, um, I was, you know, just trying to just figure it out, right? Like I had no money in Los Angeles. I was a broke college student, but I still wanted to live like a fabulous life. I still wanted to like look great and and have a nice apartment and all of that. So I started thrifting basically. And that's really when my love of like vintage clothes and thrift store shopping and secondhand everything really was born out of basically just being a broke college student. Necessity. (laughs) 
Yes, which that's how all good ideas are born, right? Out of necessity, I guess. Yes, absolutely. So you're at FITM, and is do you choose a major at FITM? Do you is there yes. a specific routes you can go in? FITM, you can be like a, mar- a merchandise marketing. You can do fashion design. You could do interior design. Um, there's actually it was a pretty interesting school that they did have a lot of options mm-hmm. um, and different career paths that you could pursue, all kind of in the creative arts industries. And so I was in fashion design and I was sitting in um, one of my classes and this girl walked in really late to class. I remember thinking, oh my God, she is so late. That is so embarrassing. (laughs) And um, we ended up becoming like best friends. And because we later on ended up having to like find a bus and go to this one class that was off campus in downtown LA and both kind of showed up at the same desk to ask for directions at the same time. And it was like, are you going oh. to that class? Oh, I'm going to that class too. Okay, let's go together. Yes. So from oh, there, we you. became these like best friends. And um, while we were in FITM studying mm-hmm. fashion design, we mm-hmm. decided that we were going to move in together. We got this little tiny beach bungalow down in Venice Beach. I was going to say where, Venice. That's so fun. Yes. Venice is amazing. And it was so fun back then in my early 20s. Um, yes. It was definitely the place to spend your 20s, Venice Beach. Not so much with kids and a husband and all that, but in right. your 20s, when you have no uh, responsibilities, absolutely, that's yes, supposed to be. so much fun. So we were, you know, doing all this creative work and, you know, to pay the, to help pay the bills. I remember we were always kind of coming up with different, like, business schemes. We oh, would, yes. like organize closets for people. Um, we would do, uh, like personal shopping for people, but it always kind of centered around like making your life like a little bit more organized, a little bit more beautiful, a little bit more fabulous. And so we ended up starting a, uh, a YouTube channel, the, like the year after YouTube began. Oh, wow. So I think, early, I think early. Began, yeah, I think it began in like 2000. I could be very wrong about this. Early um, 2000, somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> basically the year after it started, we started our YouTube channel and oh um, it was called that Fabulous on a Budget. That's okay, Fabulous it. on a Budget. And it was all about that, like living your best life and not it not having to cost an arm and leg, you know, and it really was born out of being broke college students, but having this like great sense of style and wanting to live our best life. (laughs) Yes. Well, I was going to say that's so crazy though, because really, if you're that early on, you guys are really producing. I mean, you're kind of an OG producer and content creator. Let's let's be real. I mean, to think that far back, you didn't even have other accounts necessarily to be looking at. You guys were really doing your own content. I don't even think there was really Facebook. I, it, I remember there was just basically YouTube. And then there was like, what was like the very first like MySpace um, or um, there was we had. Yes, we had a MySpace and we, oh there was my. like a like the OG blogs were like w- weird, like WordPresses and yes. like w- oh Word Journal or something like that. Yes. Oh, wow. So we decided basically that, you know, if we were interested in this, like there must be other people out there like us that just want to live a fabulous life, but don't have tons of money. So we were going to create basically the girl's guide to living your best life on a budget. And that's what we did. That's what we did for about 10 years. 10 Um, years. Wow. Yeah. We were on YouTube for about 10 years. I know. And now did the the name change? Because what was the original name? So the original name was Fabulous on a Budget, and like everybody thought it was cute and fun and totally got it. And then the recession hit in oh, 2008. Yes. And after that, you started seeing this influx of budget chic. Um, yes. Everything was budget, budget, budget. And like, they were, you know, there was all these new blogs popping up, budget this and but the budgetista and like all yes. this stuff. And, and we were basically like, we need like to drop this budget thing because like it's not fabulous. It doesn't right. sound it doesn't sound fabulous anymore. That's smart. So Very smart. We changed our name to a fab life. Okay. So fun. Yeah. And what is yes. the your co-host name? So my co-host uh, is her name was Mary Elizabeth. Okay, cute. Cute. Yes. And so it was Mary and Leah, and we were, were literally 
best, best friends and um, did everything together. Like we were basically like in a marriage pretty much, you know, because we lived together, we're best friends and had this kind of business, you know, business together. And this dream that we shared of like taking our brand global and showing everyone all over the world how they could live a fabulous life inexpensively. So we started really growing our channel by collaborating with people on YouTube. Okay. So what we decided to do was to do these room makeovers. So we would approach bigger channels than us. So at the time, um, it was like Makeup by Mandy, who is Amanda Steele now. She's like a huge beauty blogger. But at the time, she was 14 years old. Oh, my gosh. Now, how were you finding these people? Because even the collaboration element, that's so – I mean, you were really at the very forefront of all of this because people are trying to – people are just now learning how to do collaborations. So were you finding them on YouTube? Was that easy? Were these people within your network that you were connecting with? What did that look like? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, Yes, they were in our network that we were connected with. At that time, we were also represented by a – like a channel management company. So they would handle like um, our advertisements and they represented, you know, a handful of other talent. And so they kind of gave us, you know, Hey, you should reach out to this person. I'm sure they'd be interested in a room makeover. And so I think when we, I think Amanda was our first, was our first room makeover. And she had probably so cute. I want to say that she, she was like 14 years old living in her parents, in her parents' house. I think she had like a hundred, a hundred thousand subscribers or something at the time. And I, I don't know at the time, maybe I don't remember, but maybe we had 20 or something. Right. So we, um, got all this stuff. She had a tiny little budget that her mom had and we pitched in some too, because we just felt like it was a good investment to grow our channel. Yes. And we made over her room in like 24 hours. Oh my gosh. And filmed all of it. Did you have so a camera crew or was it. that you guys? Yes. So we had, um, we had one girl and she operated our, our camera and she oh did my. all of our editing. Okay. So it, it was basically the three of us for quite a few years and, and it wasn't anything fancy. Like we had like a small can- like Canon camera. We yes. didn't have like microphone. Like it's not like we had lav mics or anything like that. It was all just very like low key and on the fly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we start with the room with the room makeovers and whatnot. And so we would do the room makeover, and then the the bigger YouTube talent would do like a room tour, and then say at the end like, "Hey, to go check out the whole process, go check out Leah and Mary's video." Oh, okay. And that's Cute. how it would drive traffic to us. And so in about you know a few years, we grew. That's how we grew our channel to a quarter of a million subscribers in just a wow. few years. That's Crazy. amazing. It's so fun to think about with the collaborations and and how, again, just at the very beginning, because I think a lot of people would mimic what you guys did now, but the the element of being in on it so early, I'm sure, was key. But then what you, you guys were doing was so new and so fun and exciting. So at what point did this kind of turn into... Did it turn into Fab Life, the show? I mean, what was the turning point for you to move forward with... Uh, I mean, being on a major network, what did that kind of look like? And am I tracking right? Was it really kind of from YouTube to the network? Yes, you were. So I want to say something about the collaboration part, though. You are absolutely right about, you know, it feels like people are doing that today. And honestly, when you're trying to grow your brand or your social media profile or whatever that is for you, collaboration really is key. But, But even more key than collaboration is authentic collaboration. Mm. So mm-hmm. if it feels authentic, then then do it. But if it feels like, oh, you're just trying to do this to get more subscribers, right? You know, and and your viewer isn't really getting anything out of it or it feels forced or it, you know, that, you know, then it's not, then it's not beneficial. Right. So for us at the time, it was like it was so just the right next step. And it felt very authentic because it was. We really loved doing it. I mean, we would have done it we were doing it for free. So we must, we must have really loved it. So I think that's a really important point is like, 
be authentic in what you're in what you're doing and people notice people yeah. take notice is there any way that you learned that the hard way was there ever anything that you guys did a collaboration on and you were like ooh that was not the right fit of course you you make silly mistakes you stumble along the way of course and you look back and you go oh maybe that wasn't so like you know maybe that maybe that wasn't the best decision but honestly a lot of it came from watching other people kind of in our similar space kind of right. pimping themselves out for like yeah. cleaning products or whatever. So true, and, yes. And you would see it and it felt so inauthentic and it's like kind of like icky. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just yes. remember thinking like I don't want to I don't want to be like that. Right. So, you know, maybe we're not taking every opportunity that comes our way, but the opportunities that we do take, people pay more attention to because it is authentic. It's it's real. Like I'm not trying to sell you something. Right. If I'm talking about something, you know I love it. Yes. Yes, and that's true to this day, which is fun it to is. hear. It's fun to hear. That's so true to this day, even when I'm I'm seeing what you're talking about and whatnot. It's like, "Oh my gosh." Okay, so the the YouTube element and this is really cool because a lot of my listeners, they're tuning in because they either know you or they're thinking about maybe doing hosting or wanting to get into YouTube. I mean, whatever it might look like. So they're really hearing your steps and and what kind of prepared you for the next thing. So YouTube was really a catapult for you, not only for viewers and and even fans or subscribers, whatever you want to call them, but also the element of practicing hosting. So was were you and Mary both on screen? Were you guys kind of doing a back and forth dynamic? What did that look like? So all great questions. Mary and I were on screen together the entire time. That so was fun. kind of it was kind of our shtick. We were like a Laverne and Shirley, yes. and. We knew what the other one was thinking. We knew what the other one was going to say. We knew how to banter back and forth and make it funny. And we really were like a dynamic duo. Like a, we had so much fun together and, and it really did. It re, You really could tell. Yeah. And, um, but YouTube really prepared us because on YouTube, I was so used to creating quick, entertaining content that you walked away from going, that was not only fun to watch, but I also learned something and I, I call that infotainment. Mm. So, um, I, I always wanted, I always wanted our viewers to feel like, Oh, if they can do it, I can definitely do it. You know, we were not Martha Stewart, you know, baking cheese fondues with right. six different kinds of cheese. Like everything was like quick, dirty, inexpensive, but turned out, you know, really chic in the end. That was kind right. of like our D- DIY mantra. Yes. And we, we did a lot of DIY projects. So I also did a lot of, um, editing of our videos. So I would sit with our editor and literally go, okay, no, put that here, pause that here. So it was like perfect training to, to, to be the producer, to like start producing. And it's actually something I still, to this day, love doing. I love putting together the story. Right. And finding the funny moments and making those funny moments pop. It's just something that I absolutely love to do. So I 100% credit YouTube um, basically as my training for the entertainment world, which came knocking. It came knocking very quickly. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. So tell us a little bit about that. This is so exciting. And again, as you guys are listening and you're thinking, I love what Leah just said, and I want to just brag on her because this is so true and so awesome throughout her career. What I've seen from the short, and I haven't even been following along even as long as you've been doing this, but from the short period that I've been able to follow along and gain so much much from you. I love that. Did you say an info? What did you call the information? The informational infotainment. Okay. Infotainment. That is so cute. Okay. Infotainment. That is awesome. And the idea that what you guys were putting out there. And again, if you're not following Leah, you need to check her out because this is everything she's saying she's still doing, which is so incredible that you've been able to continue this and really hone in on how great you are at sharing this content, but also the element of well, it's true. It's, I mean, it's what drew me to you. And I think the other element that's so cool and what you're saying is the element, and I think this is going to be in fa- the theme of Fab Life as well, is you weren't doing anything they couldn't do. So Correct. I love, 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 love that. Okay. So, so you're saying Fab Life came knocking. So tell us a little bit about that journey from YouTube and then good grief to a massive network. What did that look like? How did that come together? So because we were kind of in in LA and in, our, in the entertainment world, we had actually been approached a couple of different times for different show ideas. We actually shot a pilot for Style Network many, many years ago. 
Um, it didn't pan out, but that's kind of what happens in LA. So we, we knew a lot of the casting directors. We, our whole goal was to be, to have a, a, a show. We wanted a TV show. Okay. So, um, ABC called and we had, we had met with a casting director over there years before and she had remembered us and she brought us back in and it was a very brief meeting and very uh, general meeting. And she was basically like, yeah, so we were kind of like have this idea for this show and we don't really know. And, um, we're just kind of, kind of very preliminarily like testing talent. And is it something that you guys would ever want to be interested in? You know, would you be interested in doing something like this? It's kind of like a lifestyle show, but they didn't tell us really anything about it. So, um, we had a great meeting and we went away and kind of like, yeah, right. If they call us great, if not, who cares? Right. <laughs> Moving on. Never thought about it again. Really? So, so you guys weren't like, I mean, it was an exciting thing, but it was kind of maybe a common-ish occurrence of like, mm, maybe yeah. it'll pan out, maybe it won't. Yeah. We were taking meetings like once a week with different Oh, that's people. awesome. Okay. Yeah. And that's another thing is we always said yes. If yeah. somebody wanted to meet with us or or someone had an idea, we always said yes. And I still believe that today. Like yeah. you never know what is going to come from your yes. Yeah. You just never know. You never know who's going to be watching. You never know who's going to be um, you know, listening, like so you reach out to me and I was like, yeah. yes. <laughs> well, yes. And one thing too, and this is one thing again, and I'm just br- bragging on you this whole show because I'm, I wouldn't, I, I'm just such a fan. Now I'm a friend and a fan and I love it, but that is so true. Leah, I reached out to Leah and just said, Hey, I'm starting a new podcast. This is what it's about. This is my hope. This is my dream behind it. And she was so sweet, took a call with me. And now here we are. I mean, that I think too, is probably a theme without throughout your career that yes element. And again, who knows when we might connect at some point yes. and what that could look like. And and likewise. So again, for those of you who are listening, this, this element of networking, it's pretty much never ending. And I love what Leah is saying about how you just continue and just say yes. So that's so true. And I could not agree more. And thank you for saying yes to this. So yeah, absolutely saying yes to all these meetings you guys leave, uh, uh, you know, maybe, maybe not. We'll, we'll go to our next meeting. And then I guess they called. So I was in Ikea. I remember it very specifically. Oh my gosh. And shopping for one of our, you know, next YouTube clients. Yes. How appropriate um, that you were in Ikea. (laughs) Yes. And, um, it was my age, our agent. And she said, uh, ABC called and they're interested in having just you come back to talk to about this project. Oh, I had just, I had just gotten married at the time. Okay. And, You know, she said to me, they love the fact that you're married and that you're from the South. That's all she said. And um, would you ever consider coming in without Mary? Oh, wow. And, you know, at at first when my agent called, it was like your heart jumps up into your chest and you're like, yes. Yeah. (laughs) You know, totally. You say yes. Totally. Um, But then the reality set in of like, uh uh-oh. This is not, this is not how this was supposed to happen. Right. This was not the plan. Okay. Like, yes. And, and how, what am I going to say to Mary and how am I going to deal with this delicately? Because of course I want to go in and meet with ABC. Right. Again, you say yes to things. Yeah. Especially an opportunity like this. I mean, ultimately it came down to, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Right. And, and I had to explore it. And so I talked to Mary about it and it wasn't super well received, which I can absolutely understand. Right. And how old are you at this point? So I was, uh, 29. Okay. She was 31 ish. Okay. 30. Okay. So, um, it was a really tough period. So I kind of just was like, look, I'm, you know, I'm, I want to be honest with you. This is what happened. I'm going to go in um, and I'm going to keep you posted. I'm sure nothing's going to come of this because yeah, like, yeah, right. Like I'm going to get on a, this TV show. And at the time didn't even know what it was. Right. So, um, but it definitely started a really big, a big riff between yeah. us. So I, I went in and, um, I remember I, I walked in and sitting there was Chrissy Teigen, Josie. So and funny. And 
a whole bunch of other people. I mean, a whole bunch of other people like wow. um, Meg, Meg Caswell, who was the winner of Design Star a few years oh, prior. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, a whole bunch of people, HGTV stars, yeah. uh, who a whole bunch of chefs, tons of oh chefs were there. Like God. they had people from every walks of life there. And we were just in this like little sound studio in Los Angeles. I had no idea what to expect. Not, not nothing. I had new, I really still didn't even know a lot about the show. They were keeping so much under wraps. Right. So I, um, they kind of put us all in this conference room together, except for Joe and Chrissy and Joe and Chrissy were kind of in the studio where they were filming things every day. So it became really clear that like Joe and Chrissy had the job. Okay. That they were for sure in. That is so Yeah. Funny. They were for sure in. And then it was like, oh, by the way, Tyra Banks is producing this and she's, you're Which going to be the that is and just like, the craziest yeah. thing ever. Oh my so god! So it was like my turn to go in, and um, and to and basically they would cycle us all in to read together to basically like sit sit behind a table and see if we had any chemistry. And they would throw out a topic, and we would you know talk about it and laugh and whatever. Just they just wanted you to be yourself. And is that so, with Joe and Christy, or is Tyra there as well? Yep. It was Tyra, Joe, and Chrissy. And the three of them were always there. And then they would cycle in and out two or three other people at a time. Oh my gosh. And then, yeah, it was pretty terrifying actually, but it was, I just, I just remember having so much fun. And at one point I mentioned something about being a go-go dancer, which I was in LA for, to pay the bills, you know, girls got to do what a girl's got to do. And then the next thing I know, I'm go-go dancing on top of Joe's lap. And like, you know, it was just- It was just chaos. So, um, but what I remember was they would, you know, they'd be like, okay, great. Thanks so much. That's enough. And then you would go back into the conference room and you'd wait and you'd wait and you'd wait for them to call your name. And they would either call your name to go back into the studio and, and, you know, do another round with Tyra, Chrissy and Joe, or they would call your name and they would be like, thank you so much. That's all we need from you today. And you would basically got the boot. Oh my gosh. And it so was it terrifying. Was, well, yeah, because you're thinking, okay, I'm either going back in or I'm leaving. Is this yeah. a day-long process? Is this a week-long process? So this was the first day. Okay, the first and, day. Okay. I mean, we started out with, I don't know, 20 people. It was like The Apprentice, like, you're fired. Like, people <laughs> like, le- like leaving. Oh, like, and, and it was, like, sad. And it was, like, starting to get weird towards the end, you know, because it was, like, just a few, fewer and fewer and fewer of us left. So basically, I made it through the whole day. and. Um, and at the end of the day, it was Joe and I and Chrissy and Tyra and Lauren Mack. Oh, yes. And, and me. And I think maybe one other person. Okay. I can't remember at the time. And then that was it. And I, I remember I got a call from my age. They were basically like, thanks so much. This has been great. We'll, we'll get in touch with you. And you're like, what? Like, I spent all day here with you guys. Like, yeah. This is what you're interested in. Okay. Oh my God. You can't just leave me hanging. But I remember right. my my agent called me that night and was like, you, they loved you. You did great. We'll just see what the next step is. <laughs> like, oh uh, okay. Gosh. So I, you know, about a week later, heard from them again. They wanted me to come back in. I went back in and then it was a whole nother room of people. Oh, and of, same, of people for your spot. Yeah. Oh and my same, gosh same process. People were just getting whittled down and whittled down and whittled. And then again, at the end of the day, I was left. Still there. <laughs> so um, kind of finally at the end of that day, they were like, congratulations, you know, oh you God. made it. And and I remember thinking, are you sure? Right. <laughs> like, like, are you sure? And I remember saying to Tyra, I was like, you know that I have no television experience whatsoever, right? Like yeah. they know that. And I remember saying it to my agent too, like you told them, right? I've never been on television before. Yes. She, she's like, yeah, no, they like that about you. And I'm like, okay. Oh my <laughs> gosh. So you're really there with, I mean, big names. Like that's so yeah. crazy. And straight from YouTube over to this, what were they so fun? I mean, do you guys keep up? It was it was so fun. It was an interesting experience how it all got started too, because I didn't ever know that the name was going to be Fab Life. Right. I remember sitting in the in the first casting I went to and seeing on the back of a screen it's it said something like F A B show or something like that. And it right. stood for fabulous fabulous and beautiful, I think is what it stood for. Okay. I remember going back to Mary, my business partner at the time and saying, 
this is so perfect for us. Like, even if I get on this show, it's called right. a fab show and a fab life. Like it makes so much sense for us. So like, even if I get on the show, you and I can still do our thing and it'll just bolster us. This is going to be great for, for us. Right. And, um, when I was like signing contracts and everything, basically the network came and said, look, we can't have you, like you have to be exclusive to us. Okay. So either you do this show or you do that show. Oh, and by the way, we are going to name it Fab Life. And so we would like to buy your trademark of your, oh, of your account. That's what I was thinking. Okay. That's so interesting. Here's another tip yes. for your listeners. Yes, please. Um, oh my gosh. Trademark all your shit. Excuse yes. my, my profanity there, but I'm yes. serious. If you have a name, if you have anything, trademark it because- that was the first thing we did when we decided to change our name from Fabulous on a Budget to a Fab Life is we trademarked it. It didn't okay. cost a ton of money, but it was worth it because we owned that trademark. Right. ABC bought the trademark from us oh and my gosh. I went on to be on the show and yes. my business partner um, you know, received her half yes. of that settlement basically and she got to the YouTube channel and she changed the name. Oh, good. And okay. so it wasn't like I just left her in the dust and with nothing. You know what I mean? Right. We both got to kind of gain something from, from I, I'll call it the divorce. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Because so, that's what it felt true. like. It felt like a divorce. It yes. felt like a divorce. But yes. It, again, it was one of those situations where it was a once in a, a lifetime chance and sure. an opportunity. And I just had to take it. And if, if the roles had been reversed, you know, I would have been just so supportive of her yes. doing the same thing, you know, Absolutely. like, I, like I get it, man. Like yeah. you, you can't tell ABC, you know, no, you just right. can't. Right. So you're, that's really interesting because I knew, I actually thought that I don't, I, well, I figured they had just taken the name from the YouTube, but Fab Life no. was their own thought. And then they said, okay, we're going to buy it from you. That's crazy. Yeah. It was just so close. In, in names that they decided to just buy our our trademark. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So from there, you start filming. And did you yes. guys film in LA? What did a day look like on set? What were some of the favorite things about filming? So we shot a pilot. And then in between when the pilot um, they you know was done and they were shopping it around and stuff was probably, I want to say about, I can't remember, maybe nine months to a year. Right. And in that time, I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. The videos, seeing you, yeah. you guys need to go look. It is so cute. That is so crazy. Okay, so that so what was the timeline that you found out you were pregnant? So it was in between when we shot the pilot and when we started filming the real show. Oh, my so basically gosh. Shot the pilot, not pregnant. And then yes. by the time we filmed the first episode, I was like waddling out on stage six months pregnant. <laughs> Oh my God. With a and live remember, audience, right? Yes. Okay. And I remember calling the network and being like, um, so I have something to tell you. And, and Sheila, who was our network executive was like, you could hear it in her voice. Like, <gasps> like what? Like, right. like you, you got a DUI, you, you right. have some criminal history that we didn't know about, you know? Yes. And I, and I was like, I'm pregnant. And she was like, so they were just so thrilled, so supportive. They always wanted a mother on the show, but couldn't. Ca they just never found the right cast member that was a mother. Oh my gosh! So me being pregnant was like they'd hit the the jackpot for sure, <laughs> and it was completely unplanned. My husband and I had been married about a year, and um, God, not even I take that back, not even a year. Oh and we God. got we ended up pregnant, and so yeah, I I went through this entire process pregnant and yeah. on pregnancy hormones. <laughs> so. That's crazy. And the filming, like I said, it was a live studio. Did you guys film weekly, daily? Yeah, what, so what did that look like? we filmed in a little studio. Um, it was actually used to be um, Marilyn, was it Marilyn Monroe? No, Lucille Ball studio. Ooh. Lucille wow. um, and Desi's studio. So oh it was in gosh. Culver City. It's um, and Culver City Studios. And, it, and I lived in Venice at the time. So it was a very easy, quick commute for me, which was so great. Yeah. And um, we filmed. I think it was three days a week and we would film all day. So we would do about, we would do two shows a day. Okay. And um, so I would be there, you know, at 6 a.m. till six at night. I mean, they were like 12, 12 hour days for sure. 
how much did you have to say in regards to the creative element? Because you would have yeah. a lot to bring, I would think. You know, is yeah, that something so that they were open to? Ab- absolutely. I, I they were the most wonderful. It was the like the best memories of my life working oh with them. We had the best time. It was like summer camp every day. Yes. And um you know, one of the things I was able to bring to the table was my ability to produce these quick infotainment type, you know, um, segments. And it was very important to me that anything that we did, it was inexpensive. It was easy. Um, it didn't take up a lot of time. And at the end of the project, it elevated your room or it elevated your wardrobe or it it some way made you feel more fabulous. And so- they were so great about helping me execute and find the right projects that fit that mold because that's really what I believed in and what I wanted to to share with our viewers. So right. the show it was a lifestyle show. It was a talk show, kind of like The View, but but a lifestyle version of that. So we talked about interiors and fashion and decor and DIY and body image and yes. all the things. So, um, but it was great. It was it was honestly like the most fun year and a half of my life. It's like, you want to hear about all the dramatic stories of yeah. behind the scenes, like shittiness and right. cattiness, right? none of that. Like oh. everyone was each other's biggest fan from so the, te- you know, from the stars of the show, like on the co-host all the way down to the person that would get us coffee. Like oh. they're still like family today. And I, I stay in touch with a lot of them. Um, so fun on Instagram or whatever. And yeah, they're like my, they're like this weird family. <laughs> well, it's so fun. It's so fun to hear that that's the case though, because it did look like you guys were having so much fun. And I have to tell you what, so were you guys filming in, let's see, 20, was, was Joe still on the show back in 2014 yeah. or 2015? So we, it was 2015. 15 into 2016. Okay. So this is hilarious. And I have to tell you, I lived in New York during that time. And I just, I I don't know if if Joe was shooting for, for that or what he was doing, but I saw him everywhere. Every street corner, every old Navy, he was all over the place when I lived there. So it just made, he felt like a blast from the past when I was seeing who you had worked with on the show, because he is like a theme of my, when I lived in New York. I mean, he was all over the place. Yeah. Joe gets around, man. He's incredible. (laughs) He's like totally bi-coastal. He and his husband, Rob, are like the coolest people ever. Oh my gosh. That is so funny. I was thinking of that and I was like, he was literally all over the place. Well, with that in mind, he still is all over the place. Oh my gosh. That's so fun. And with that in mind, I I mean, good grief to be able to go and have such a close-knit, fun group encouraging each other. It sounds like an awesome work environment. Is there an episode that's really memorable to you that stands out or a favorite memory from, from filming? First of all, it was all a blur. And oh, really? uh, from, from being pregnant, do you think, or is just the fun yeah, of it all? From being, from being pregnant, from the fun of it all. Like literally, I remember being like, I can't be- like my check, my paycheck would come in and I would be like, I can't believe they're paying me for this. Like I would do this yeah. for free. Like I would show up every day and do this for free. We'd had an episode that was all about my baby shower and um, that was incredibly special. Um, and then there was an episode where I married a couple. I legally married. Oh my God. Did you marry television. Um, and there was an episode where I DIY'd um, sunglasses with Kris Jenner. That was pretty fun. Oh, that is a good one. Oh my I mean, gosh. This goes on and on. Paula Dean was incredible. We got to meet, like, I got to meet so many great celebrities. Yes. Like, I, I love Bravo celebrities, the yes. reality TV stars. So we got to meet, like, all of them, which was oh amazing. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. No, it was amazing. It was awesome. And so, you know, we, we had a pretty successful first year. And then um, we got the news that we were not going to be renewed. And I remember getting that that call that we all sat in a meeting and it was like a knife through the heart. And I remember thinking like, wait a minute, like all my friends that are now my family, like right. this is over. Like right. I don't get to see them every day. And like it was it was really like a brutal thing for me. Like I went into a three-week depression and at the mm. time I had just I had just had a baby. Um and I actually I had the baby and I was back to work three weeks later from a C-section and I had the baby oh. with me 
in my dressing room. But on TV, if you were watching it at home, it looked like I had a month and a half of maternity leave, but that's not how TV is made. So I was exhausted to say the least. Yes. And um, I was devastated that this wasn't going to, we weren't going to continue to make this show. And I just started looking around at my life and I was like, I just don't want to do this. Like I could sit in LA and stay in LA and, and hustle and like I'd, I'd get on another show, no problem, right. I'm sure eventually. And then that would be probably great for a year or two and then that would get canceled and then I'd move on and, sure. you know, and it would be this kind of up and down ebb and flow and basically my whole career being, um, being basically for somebody living for somebody else's yes or no. Is that how I want to live the rest of my life? Do I want to focus so much energy on my career that one day I look down and I have a 10-year-old and I'm still a DIYer? Yes. Like right. I I just kind of had this like I can't do this anymore. I you know, it's like everyone was like, "How does it feel to be an overnight success?" And it's like, "But I wasn't an overnight success. I worked my ass off for 10 right. years, got here, had this incredible experience and like there's no bigger dream. Like I accomplished my dream. Right. And so at that point it was time for a new dream. That's awesome. Yeah. And I realized I was like, yep. Okay. I, I accomplished my dream. We can check that off the list. It is right. time for a new dream. And I convinced my husband within an hour that we should move back to Texas. Really? Now was he from yes. Texas? Cause that's quite a quick convincing. Yes. Okay. So he's from Texas as well. His whole family's here. Okay. Um, and it didn't take too much too much uh, arm twisting. But once I was like, look, we can save so much money and yes. all of our family is there. And, yes. but we both kind of had this like, Oh crap, what are we going to do when we get there? And it was like, you know what? We're not going to worry about that. My husband at the time was an actor. So it was, you know, that, oh, wow. that was giving up a big part of himself, giving up that identity. Yes. He also runs a, um, family business with his brother. They own farmland in Ohio and Indiana and Mississippi. Oh, wow. So, um, it's something that he's kind of been doing for quite a while. It's it's fairly passive, but it's definitely something that keeps keeps him busy, which is good. So I knew that he could focus on that when we got here. Right. But I did I did really think like, what am I going to do? And my mom was like, Well, you're going to get settled in Texas, and then when you're settled, then you'll have another baby. And I was like, Oh my god, like, <laughs> whatever. So I told my agent, I was like, Look, um, we're going to move to Texas. I think it'll be good. It'll be like a I'll be like a big fish in a small pond. You yeah. Know? Yeah. For and, sure. Um, I'll let you know when I get all settled there and we can hit the ground running. And then yes. I didn't talk to her for a year and a half. But you we were, you were Texas. getting settled and everything. Yeah, we got to Texas. And like I said, I was just burnt out. I was yeah. burnt out by the entertainment industry. I was burnt out by the disappointment, you know, of things not working out or, or things being different than I thought they were going to be. And, um, I just had, I had a new, I had like a, a one-year-old who was just running yes. us ragged and yes. um, trying to get used to a, a new town, a new state, a new routine. Like, yeah. and everything is so different here than LA. Like we actually live outside of Austin in a very small town. So like oh, wow. my neighbors are like cows. Oh my gosh. So yes. it's a very different lifestyle, right? So sure. we had just a lot of adjusting to kind of, to kind of get, get through. And, and it really gave me an opportunity to say, okay, what do I love? What, like, what do I really love? What am I really passionate about? How can I share with the world and be a light in the world? And like, what is that about for me going forward? Um, now that I'm not a DIYer on a national, nationally syndicated television show. Um, and I started spending a a lot of time back at the thrift store. (laughs) Yes. It was sort of like decompression, you Mm -hmm. know, like, the day was too hard. Like I would go look at other people's junk. Like it's just always been something that like calms me down. Most people like they think that's super weird, but I love <laughs> digging through. I love it through junk. So um, I started finding all these really great finds, and I was like, "This is it! Like this is what I want to share with the world that these things that have been cast aside right. can still have so much life in them, and still have a place in our home or our wardrobe, and." Can you, you really, again, it all goes back to, you don't have to have a lot of money to have a beautiful life. Yes. And so awesome. in this weird full circle of things, yeah. I went back to the same principle that kind of started it all. Right. Fabulous on a budget. Yes. 
Oh my and, gosh. And what know, a like, better place to be than Austin, Texas for thrifting. It's a great, I mean, yeah, it's great because it's not really picked over. Like LA is all picked over and everything, yes. but, um, you know, there's lots of tips about that I have, like, you know, getting out of the city, doesn't matter what city you're in, but if you can get out into some smaller towns, you usually find some better deals and all that. But it just kind of became this new, you know, this new passion of mine is sharing it. And it's so funny. One day I was like driving down the road and I saw this like farm sale sign, like just, a, oh. and I was like, I'm going to pull over and I'm going to yes. go to this farm sale and I'm going to do it all on Instagram stories. Yes. And I was like, said to my followers, like, I don't know if you guys care about this, but this is what I'm going to do. Let me know what you think. And so I took them on this adventure inside this farm sale with me. And I was like, I love this. This is so cute. Look what I got for $3. You know, if I, if I bought this old tool toolbox, this is what I would do with it. The response was crazy. Basically, I realized that people out there love looking at junk just as much as I do. Yes. And if they couldn't get out there themselves, they were living vicariously through me. So I created a series called Thrifty Thursday. Love. Yes. Um, yes. Avenue. I would take, yes. So it's gotten quite the, the fandom, which is hysterical. It's basically American pickers for like a design conscious woman. Yes. Ooh, so well um, it's my dream show and I have so much fun doing it. And then of course, coronavirus happened where yes. we're- can't go to the thrift store anymore. Right. <laughs> so then there's that. Now um, is the is the thrifting is that tied in? When did Finn Trading Co. come into the picture? Or is that so basically even... yeah, it's all tied in. So basically okay. I was like started buying stuff and I'm like, I have no place for this, but I can't leave it here. Yes. Like I it, it's a dollar. Like I yes. can't leave it here. I don't need it. I don't have a place for it, but it's so cute. I, it cannot stay at the thrift store. It has to come home with me. Like I, I feel this weird responsibility to like give these things new life, whether it's with me or passing them on to somebody who I know will love them. Right. So I, I, I bring all these things home and I was like, I should probably start selling some of this stuff because I just don't have the room for it. Right. And so that's how my vintage store came about, um, Vin Trading Co. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's been really fun. Oh, it's so fun. I have to tell you this too. I I have been an avid viewer of the Thrifty Thursdays. Love them. And you guys will have to check them out. I'm sure that Leah will be out and about soon doing it again. But the coolest thing that you do that I just love is, like you said, you will show what you find and then you'll actually show like a Pinterest photo or even a photo from your own documentation of what you're going to do with it. And that simple thing. It's just on Instagram stories, you guys. It's so inspiring that I have gone to thrift stores after watching your Thrifty Thursdays. So thank you for that. (laughs) You're welcome. You know, it's funny. That's one of my favorite stories or favorite comments I get about Thrifty Thursday is people will be like, oh my God, when you picked up that awful red lamp, I was like, girl, there is no way you're going to make that look cute. And then, you know, the next slide is like a Pinterest Yes. picture of how this particular red lamp would look in a styled space. And and then I'll get the comment like, now I'm looking for a red lamp. Like, how did you do that? You know? Yes. So the idea of changing someone's perspective, like instantly with just basically a well-styled room Absolutely. is like, it like blew my mind. And I was like, I freaking love this. Like I can, I can really help people. <laughs> you can, and you are, you truly are. And where do you think the love, I mean, where does the love and even the great eye, I mean, because not everyone, like you said, you're getting messages like, ew, what are you thinking, Leah? And then you put it in a certain space. Where does that come from? Do you credit school for that? Do you credit yeah, um, your mom? So what does one that thing, look like? One thing we didn't touch on, one of the one of the many jobs I had in Los Angeles to pay the bills while I was uh, pursuing a free YouTube career or YouTube education um, was I worked for an interior designer, Waldo Fernandez, and he's one of the world's top interior designers. So I worked with him for about three or four years and basically realized like I should not have gone to school for fashion design. I should have gone to school for interior design. Um, But you know what's so funny about that is like I can't harp on myself about it too much because if had I gone to interior design, I wouldn't have met my business partner. Right. I wouldn't have started our YouTube channel. Right. It wouldn't have put me on the trajectory that I ended up going on. And like when I look around my life today, like, you know, we've had, I've had some wins, I've had some fails, I've, but ultimately like it's a great story and I'm really happy. Yes. You know, I, I'm so blessed. I have two 
beautiful, healthy children. I have a wonderful, supportive husband. Yes. And I have an opportunity to, um, you know, continue to create and inspire, Yes, which is all I want to do. I, I, I'm not one of those influencer who's like fakes, who like fakes life being perfect all the time. No. You know what? Yes. I think that's very frustrating, at least for me. Like I follow a lot of people too that I look up to and I'm like, okay, there's no way that your toddler didn't just throw up on you right now. Right. You know what I mean? And like every photo is perfect and every right. photo is amazing. Yes. And like their life just looks so fabulous, but that's not real. And so it's important for me to be real because that's real, you know? Yes. And, and again, and it goes back to that whole idea of like, if I can do it, you can definitely do it because like, there's nothing that special about me. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I think there are a lot of very special things about you, but I do agree. I think that there are elements in life that we can really take hold of and go for it. And my biggest takeaway, and I literally, I want you to know, I could talk to you for like five more hours. I know. So if, I'm like, is this, how is this almost over? I'm I know, so bad. I, I know. So if you guys, well, and they're just going to have to come and check you out because truly, and I want to take a moment just to share this with you because again, we haven't even met in person, you guys. This is so kind of Leah to come on and share her story. But I want you to know that as a as an avid follower of yours, just a few things. The way that you do share your life um, is so inspiring. It's so fun. And I also want to say that as someone who's not a mom, but does hope to be a mom someday, I just want to give you some credit because you do a fabulous job of getting me excited about motherhood um, in a really real way. So I just want to tell you, thank you for that. I'm sure I'm not the only one, but you Aww. show everything and you show your beautiful boys and your awesome uh, husband. And it's just so fun for you to open up with your family as, as well. My four-year-old just just uh, dumped a dump truck full of mulch down oh. our farm sink this morning. So, uh, so that was very, literally what we were doing right before you called. Oh I was trying to get gosh. mulch out of, out of but even disposal, so. even that I just wanted to harp on for a second because I so enjoy following You're your so life, sweet. your videos, all of it. It's just so much fun. And I can't, I know I'm with you. I can't even believe we're almost done. Perhaps you'll have to come on for a part two at some point. Anytime, anytime. <laughs> but is there anything else that uh, you'd like to cover? And I'm also curious if you have anything coming up that we could kind of stay tuned so, um, yes, stay tuned to all the things. I yes. always have something coming up. That's yes. for sure. And I am working diligently to bring Thrifty Thursday to a, uh, TV screen near you. Oh so, my God. Yes. So that'll be, I'm, that's like my passion project right now. And I'm, you know, working my butt off to get that done. And so, you know, we'll see, you never know. The, again, the entertainment industry is so fickle, but, um, it's just one of those things where it's fun to create my my own concept. Definitely. Well, let us know you if know? there's anywhere that we can send in our vote because you have mine. That You're would so be sweet. Oh my gosh, that would be so exciting. And just one last thing, one thing that I love to ask my my guest um, for my listeners, and this is something that ties in with a, a book that I wrote for recent graduates. But even throughout your career, you know, there's the different theme of networking, staying in touch with the gal at ABC who had you come back, you know, a certain time frame later and keeping that idea of networking. It's so important in your career and in life and saying yes. I love that. I'm, that's my big takeaway. But my question for you within line of networking would be, is there someone that you know that should come on and share their, how'd she do that story? Oh my God. I have like, I'm like, I've got so many, like, let's see. I'm like, who do you want to like, what, what genre are you thinking of? Okay, um, good. Yes. So one of my very favorite, um, mom bloggers, lifestyle bloggers, Jen Pinkston, actually, she's here in Austin. Okay. Funny enough, we, we met each other out in LA. She was one of the stylists on Fab Life. Oh, how But fun. she just, she has this incredibly successful blog. Like, I don't know how she does it. Yeah. And then on top of that today, she actually, well, I guess this won't be airing today, but, <laughs> um, she just launched, uh, a, a clothing line 
of 90s for, oh, for little cute. girls. Oh, cute. Oh, my yeah. gosh. She has two little girls, and she does um, – it's called La Paloma Kids, and she just launched it for nightgowns for little okay. girls. It's so cute. Okay. Well, that sounds like a great guest. How fun. Thank you for that connect. You guys have to stay tuned. Perhaps we'll have her on as well. And, Leah, I know that everyone is going to want to come and check out all that you're doing, your amazing videos, and we're just going to stay tuned for all of the awesome stuff. Where can everybody connect with you? Uh, the best place to find me is Instagram. Unfortunately, I'm on Instagram way too often. Way <laughs> too much. I disagree. Um, <laughs> oh, it's a, you know, that's a hard balance. Like, how, you know, sharing your life versus being attentive to your children. Like, I yes. don't want my children to grow up thinking, oh, mom had a phone in, in her face my entire childhood. Yeah. Be aware of that. But you guys can find me on Instagram at Living with Leah. I, I try very hard to respond to every single comment and DM I get. So You're hit so me up and I will, I'm there for you guys. Oh, love it. Well, Leah, I can't thank you enough. Thank you for coming on. How'd she do that? And again, maybe we'll have to follow up with a part two and stay tuned on all the things you have going on. Thank you again and again. Thank you for having me. It has been such a joy and such my pleasure. Thank you. Talk soon. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of How'd She Do That? I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. Please join us next Tuesday for a new episode. Talk to you soon. Bye.